Hi, welcome to Business is Personal. I'm Dr. Corey, and I'm really excited to have with me as my guest today, Gabrielle Mather, the owner and CEO of Restaurant Secrets. Thank you for having me, Corey. My pleasure. Restaurant Secrets has been in this country for a while now, I think 20 years. Wow. I've just launched a second consultancy that completes the good work that we've been doing at Restaurant Secrets. That's great. And that takes care of post-opening operations, financial management, marketing, oh, social media, PR, you know, brand development. Right. Because I realized a lot of restaurants open up and we've been responsible for opening so many. Yeah. I felt the need um, post-pandemic to mm. help people actually keep these restaurants open. Right. Chances are you've eaten in one of the restaurants that Gabrielle and her team have designed and built. Okay, so first of all, you've already experienced her products and services. You probably just don't know it yet. Kind of like 3M. You're so prolific in the industry that it's very likely that the majority of, of people in Dubai have experienced one of your restaurants at some point or another every year. I hope so. Uh, I love it when people recognize our brands mm -hmm. and tell us they love and what they love about it. So. And what do you love about it? When you're, when you're posturing, you're positioning a, uh, a brand, in F&B specifically, like, what is it that you love and what is it that, that really excites you about that? Truly, truly? Yeah. I love the opening. I love seeing someone walk in through our doors and, you know, come with a dream and then share with us. And, and we spend a year, sometimes 18 months together. Right. And the day we open doors and we see the face of our client, you know, mm -hmm. they, they see all of that coming to life. Yeah. I think for me, that is the moment. That is the moment I work for, to see another dream come true mm -hmm. and the opportunity to actually be part of someone's journey, yeah, yeah. You know, to help them help them along the way. I love that part. No, it's amazing. I've found that people who start restaurants are either passionate about food or hospitality. Yeah. And they might not be great at business. <laughs> yes. They might not be great at yes. you know design and, mm -hmm. and execution and strategy. And, and to have a partner like you, for people that are very passionate about hospitality and food, they they need that kind of support, you know? And I think it probably just gives them a lot of confidence to be able to work with a talented team. I think it's grown over the years. You, you know, uh, it's the 10,000 hours rule. Yes, perhaps. that's right. You've heard of that. And it, it truly, when you master your trade, but when you do it with passion, right. with the purpose to it, um, things fall in place. Right. And you're right. They have passion for food mainly. That's mm -hmm. the kind of people we meet. Passion for food, but they're also entrepreneurial. They want to do something. Right. So just like any good business starts with great passion, mm -hmm. and most people find their purpose through yeah, their yeah, yeah. passion. Um, I've seen that people that walk through our doors are so open mm -hmm. to doing it right, working with them to to give purpose to passion to, to bring it back sometimes to the right. business point sometimes letting it go forward for creative edge right i love that uh back and forth well, i think i think that's why when you said business is personal yeah this business is truly personal yeah right you know? because it's not just an opening like you talked about the opening as being kind of that crux point that you're always looking for and i love that too when you go to a restaurant opening it's like a big it's a party right it's like uh, it, but it's like like a baby shower you're celebrating the birth of somebody's dream and they've been working on it for months, right? Yeah. So you've had that incubation period and then suddenly it's alive, it's there. Yeah. You know, and there's food on the plate and there's, you know, the brand is up and the, the chefs are in the back and there's, there's energy and all of that enthusiasm. What would you say are like the key, the key things that people need to remember about an opening to make an opening as successful and meaningful as possible? I think everything. And you said it yourself. The, the opening, uh, most people think of it as a baby shower or a wedding. Yeah. 
the night of the wedding or you know but i'm thinking more of the marriage mm, yeah yeah so to to make that opening sustain yeah become a business you need to think of operations you need mm. to think about your people right you need to get the right financial edge on your capex your opex right so the industry standards knowing that this opening is tomorrow going to become a running business that yeah, needs yeah. to pay people <laughs> that needs to serve people. That needs to also make money for you. Yeah, sure. Um, there are so many things to yeah, opening yeah. a restaurant. And this goes in. This ties into your second project that you're working on now. What is the name of it? Cornerstone. Cornerstone. 61. That's the new consultancy that we. And that's launched. a that's a post opening operations Absolutely. consultancy. Yes. So that is a next gen F and B consultancy that grew out of the pandemic need, watching people struggling to survive. Right. Things go wrong. And, right. And. They drop the main pillars. They mm. they start firing people to cut corners. They start stopping. Uh, they just stop marketing. Uh, yeah. What they used to do. They take their eyes off the ball uh, and the numbers. Right. Start worrying about um, changing products. You know what do we do next? So this consultancy is an answer to. I'm so determined to keep restaurants open, not just open them, mm-hmm. but keep them open. Right, sure. Um, Restaurant Sequels was born in the recession of 2008. Seriously, it wow. was born as an answer to uh, how can we have businesses that uh, can thrive during these kind of downturns, right. economic ones that will keep on coming. And Cornerstone is, is coming up after pandemic. So sure. for me, this is truly um, a purposeful 2022 is a purposeful year to see mm-hmm. how this second part comes along. Okay, so then maybe you can tell, for those of us who are in the F&B industry, and we've, we've seen what's happened over 2020 and 2021, like the whole industry got gutted in 2020, and 2021 was kind of a recovery year. People were like kind of getting out of their houses and stuff. What have been, for you, um, what would you say are the keys to those restaurants that successfully survived the pandemic? How did they do it? Very good question. And a lot of them did survive and a lot of them did do very well too. We know that. Yep. So yeah, yeah. I think the number one thing is grit. <laughs> I, I like that. Absolutely. If you're an entrepreneur and you call yourself an entrepreneur and yeah. you don't have grit and you're going to depend on others to, to, to provide that, yeah. that's a recipe for failure already. So even if there is no pandemic, even if there is no problem, if you don't have that that resilience, you know, yeah. and that evolving spirit to continue mm-hmm. um, having an edge over your own business and the market. Yeah, yeah. Go down. So when the pandemic hit everyone, the first thing, smart business owners, and I know my colleagues mm. and industry, um, you know, leaders, the reaction was, how do we uh, keep doors open? Mm. How do we keep our people safe yep. during this time? Yeah, yeah. And how do we make sure that whatever is coming our way, we look at look at it as an opportunity, sure, and find new ways. Yeah. And, and Dubai has been exemplary in this. We've seen businesses here mm-hmm. have so much support, sure. Um, and of course, there are the, the the not so good stories too, where rents were not, um, you know, regulated, <laughs> it's so true. where yeah, it's where true. things did not go right. But I think we were already suffering mm-hmm. from other uh, issues in the industry, and sure. the pandemic just came and. Uh, wiped out the few that were already on the way to yeah. going down. Yeah, I think uh, for me also one of the things that I've seen over the last two years is just um, that lack of grit led to a whole bunch of people leaving the industry. Yeah. Right, because we lost a lot of our best front of house and back yeah. of house staff because we couldn't afford to keep them. 
And rather than shut down the whole restaurant, they just scaled it down. But now we're trying to scale up without that talent there. And yeah. having not kept that talent on has become a critical disaster factor. You're really, so right. yeah. Have you noticed that that we have 100%. a huge exodus of uh, human resources? Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one of the illustrations that I use when I talk about this in business is there's no king in history that sent their army home. Mm -hmm. Right. The king says, I like "Look, that. if I if I don't have enough resources to feed the army, I conquer another town. Yeah. That's what I do. Right. I don't own that." town yet go sack that city and take their resources so you task your your army toward a different market rather than sending your army home and that's been our best practice for a million years up until you know the 70s and 80s when we started to send people home when we ran out of money uh, but that really it i've seen that in f&b that it just absolutely gutted restaurants and f&b companies when they sent too many people home during that pandemic and now they're trying to scale up again without that talent and as well, those who have talent in the F&B industry are still going through the turnover yeah. because the turnover, especially in the, the uh, front lines, of uh, front of house and back of house, it, it's so fast now. It is. And the, uh, whatever was left behind, the expo came and took it. <laughs> we lost a lot of our... That's true. Expo gutted the F&B industry in Dubai. That's true. They brought out a lot of... Uh, good working people sure at much better packages so sure sure young people i don't blame them you know it's millennial, right. they're here for experience and the expo is an awesome experience so right. perhaps a lot of people do that um i like what you say you know a king does not sack his army because, <laughs> uh, i love that that's a great one i'm gonna i'm gonna take that with me and go good in good the future and that's exactly what good businesses do. Yeah. We find new territory. We find new things. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I know I know so many companies, so many F&B, they, they pivoted online. They ramped up their delivery menus. They started delivering directly. Yeah. They started creating baskets and home home meal cooking kits. And, and those who, who did pivot and showed that that grit, that resilience, that, you know, like, how do we, how do we make uh, lemonade out of the lemons that we've been given those that made great lemonade survived really well and they've done really well and those who were very loyal to their armies now have armies that are loyal to them yeah. i've found that too that in fmb if you kept all of your staff and they were aware of the fact that you as an owner were carrying them through that to protect them they're still around yeah. and i know a lot of fmb brands who have that they have all of their staff from pre-covid so I, I, I totally agree. Like at, at the end of the day, it's going to be about relationship mm -hmm. and the relationship that owners have with their staff and the grit that they show as good kings or good queens, right? Making good, we, decisions, making yeah. good decisions, leading from the front. Yeah. Uh, exactly. First to sacrifice, first to get up, first to move, you know? Yeah. So I agree with you. exactly. So tell me, what do you think goes into, for those who are thinking about starting an F&B brand, what do they need to be thinking about in terms of their own brand? What makes a successful F&B brand in Dubai these days? The pillars don't change. Um, people forget sometimes that when you say that, you know, people love this business because of the food aspect. It's right. so true. That's the, that's the grabber. Mm. That's the one that brings you in. And it's also uh, an illusion because you think cooking right. food and selling food <laughs> is what it's all about. Right. It seems easy because almost everybody we know is a good cook in their head at least. Think of F&B as a business, a hardcore business right. that relies on all those typical standards of new business startups mm -hmm. that has the need of you being 
a leader, right. uh, an HR manager, you know, right. uh, a finance manager, marketing manager. You got to do every single thing like any other entrepreneur right. who, who comes in with a great idea. You need to do every single thing to achieve right. it. And you need to be able to grow your business at its phases. Right. So putting on the hat of a leader and a startup in the first year, yeah. building a great product. When I right. say product, I mean a concept. Right. Because a burger is a burger is a burger. Right. People choose a good burger because it tastes great. That, right. is, that is a given, but that's not a USP. Right. So your USP is your brand, you know, what your brand communicates, how it touches hearts. It's, it's, it's all about the emotions. Right. Uh, take it from there, and then take care of your people. Right. Those are the people. Those are the people that will actually meet your customers, right. not yourself. Uh, have a great um, cost control center. Great. Make sure you have a great relationship with your suppliers. Uh, make sure you're always watching the market. That you're mm. always learning yeah, yeah. what's going on. And remember, we are a market of a very experimental market, especially yeah, sure. the millennial. Right. Uh, we have new openings. We have new things to try. So keeping them coming back yeah, yeah. again and again. That's good. It's a challenge. Have all of those pillars in place in the opening and don't cut corners. That's don't try to save money by yeah. getting rid of a consultant <laughs> or, or taking a cheaper contractor or taking a wrong location because right. it's better. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to be location, wise. location, location. Still, yes. that's real estate. We're in the real estate business. Yes, that's as right. Ray Kroc said, yeah. yeah, that's still the axiom that, that governs, easy, eh? Yeah. yeah, you need those feeders. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Okay, so if I'm going to paraphrase those three three pillars in the in the business's personal language, it's going to be food first, family, or, which is your team, uh, and finance, which is what a lot of entrepreneurs tend to forget, like or they put that. Yeah, exactly. So those those three F's start with food because that's the experience that people are going for. Then then make sure you got the right team and your your economic family, uh, and don't forget that finance piece because after at the end of the day. It's a business. You got to make more money than you spend. Otherwise, people aren't going to be able to eat your food. Okay. So thank you so much for, uh, for being with me today, Gabrielle. This is such an amazing conversation. It was so fun. And I hope that you in the F&B industry have found some value in this and you've picked out one or two things that you can apply in your own career. And if you need any advice at all on, on F&B or restaurant business, please reach out to Gabrielle or myself. I'm, we're very happy to help you. Thank you for joining me on Businesses Personal. Mm-hmm.